Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. One big win for Republicans, but a long way still from the finish line. The president, who said he loves WikiLeaks, might not love it so much today. Plus, conspiracy theorists rejoice. I'll explain. This is the State of America tonight. Emergency, and I'm saying officially right now, it is an emergency. Drugs are killing more Americans than ever before. A data firm working for the Trump campaign reached out to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange during the campaign. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails. Assange is not someone that you can uh, trust. The Trump campaign, in effect, was reaching out for derogatory information on Hillary Clinton. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. President Trump making good on a long-awaited campaign promise, taking on the deadly opioid crisis that has left its mark on pretty much every corner of the United States. This is something the president has been teeing up for weeks now. The opioid crisis is an emergency, and I'm saying officially right now it is an emergency. It's a national emergency. This is a national emergency, and we are drawing documents now to so attest. But the national emergency promise is not exactly what the president has delivered today, instead declaring the epidemic a public health emergency. The difference, it's simple but important. Money. Uh, A national emergency typically has money attached to it, usually lasts about a year. A public health emergency doesn't have any federal money attached to it. It's basically telling the agencies, this is really important, pay attention to it, and do it for at least 90 days. Uh, So different lengths of time, different money. So now from an ongoing crisis to an ongoing investigation into Russia and the 2016 U.S. presidential election, of course. So Wednesday, it was all about the Clinton campaign and how it bankrolled the infamous anti-Trump dossier. Well, today, sources tell CNN it's the Trump campaign that was doing its own kind of opposition research and looking for help from WikiLeaks. Remember these gems from the campaign? Russia, if you're listening... I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. WikiLeaks, I love WikiLeaks. Turns out Trump wasn't the only one with an affinity for WikiLeaks. Sources say the head of a data analytics company that was hired by the Trump campaign contacted WikiLeaks looking for access to Hillary Clinton's emails. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange tweeting this out. Yesterday, I can confirm an approach by Cambridge Analytica, that's the company, prior to November last year and can confirm that it was rejected by WikiLeaks. Former Trump campaign folks say they did nothing wrong. A vendor to the Trump campaign said, hey, you know, WikiLeaks, 
Is there anything you can share? By the way, that's not a crime as I understand it. So it's it's you know it's it's an optics problem for you know Cambridge Analytics. It's not necessarily an optics problems for the Trump campaign. And as you may have guessed, folks supporting Hillary Clinton in the election see it a little bit differently and push back against any comparison between what the Clinton campaign did and this. It's like saying that the firefighters are the same as the arsonists. They both show up at the scene of the crime. <laughs> Only Pablo Gala can put it that way. But one independent senator says this whole back and forth dossier, WikiLeaks, is missing the point. All the focus on the, the political part of it and everything else is obscuring what I think is the real story. And that is what the Russians did, what they're continuing to do, and how do we prevent it from continuing to happen? Something Republicans hope and pray and plead to continue to happen, getting any kind of big win on the board like they did something in that regard today. The House passing a budget resolution. I know it doesn't sound exciting, but do not fall asleep, my friends. It's less about the budget and much more about. And here's the exciting part. Taxes. Yes, I'm kidding. The move today creates a fast track for Republicans to be able to pass tax reform that they've been promising and debating and just getting started on with a slimmer majority than they otherwise would. Tax reform will help reignite the American dream. It will help bring us back to a place of confidence, freedom, happiness, a stronger, healthier economy. And this budget that the House just passed 20 minutes ago brings us closer to making that dream a reality. But what about the president who could dash those dreams with a single tweet? Are you at all concerned that this rollout next week, when you actually detail these tough choices, that he's not going to maybe like some of them and tweet something about it? He's going to be in Asia, number one. No, no, I'm just kidding. That was, that was kind of a joke. Funny. Because it's true. But let's not end on taxes because everyone's going to fall asleep on me. Let's end on a good old conspiracy theory. Those of those of you who are into that sort of thing, aren't we all? Today is a very big day as thousands of classified documents of the on the assassination of President John F. Kennedy are being released, released by law. What will we learn? Who knows? But one thing we do know, President Trump, he himself is interested. How do we know? Of course, he tweeted about it. And the irony is not lost on presidential historians, given President Trump launched his political career on a conspiracy, the birther conspiracy, and even in 2016 accused his primary opponent's father of being involved in this very same JFK assassination. All I did is point out the fact that on the cover of the National Enquirer, there was a picture of her, him and crazy Lee Harvey Oswald having breakfast. Because Donald Trump is the president, because of his interests in conspiracy theories, and because his base is very skeptical of uh, Washington, we may get more information today than we would have had perhaps Hillary Clinton been president. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Conspiracy theories, love them, unless, I don't know. Ahead tonight, tax reform. It's the one thing that all Republicans can agree on, right? Slam dunk? Absolutely. Then why did 20 Republicans just vote against this very important first step that happened today? The panel is here. Razor thin. That's the only way to describe the margin on a big first step in Republicans' effort to overhaul the tax code. But a win is a win, and that is what they got today. But what does it mean 
for next week when they really start getting into the nitty-gritty details. The panel tonight, Ed Martin is here, CNN political commentator, the author of The Conservative Case for Trump, Drew Littman, former chief of staff for Democratic Senator Al Franken, Matt Beiser is a CNN political analyst and deputy Washington bureau chief for the Boston Globe, and Bruce Haynes is a Republican consultant and founder of Purple Strategies. All right, friends, let's get to it. Matt, how important was this vote just now in the House? It was an important first step and an indicator of where things might head. As you mentioned before the break, uh, 20 Republicans voting against this. This was sort of more of a procedural move to get this uh, ball rolling on the tax reform debate. Uh, The fact that 20 Republicans are voting against it gives it a very slim margin. Uh, Important to note where those Republicans are coming from. Uh, A lot from New Jersey and New York. High tax, high cost of living states where there's concern about doing away with the deduction on uh, state and local property taxes. So I think that's going to be one of the areas that that we see to play out. And we got that first sort of indication of that uh, today and how narrow of a margin there is in in dealing with something like that. And Bruce, with this step, yes, it makes it um, easier per se. I almost feel like I have to do air quotes with easier when it comes to getting (laughs) tax reform through. It makes it easier with now they can do it with a slimmer majority. But as we're talking about these things that sound foreign and confusing, especially to folks around the world, state and local income tax deductions, 401k contributions, capping those, all of that kind of stuff. Do the concerns over that go away with this vote? No, no, they don't. I think one of the things that we know is when it comes to tax reform and cutting taxes, it's never really about the rates. Everybody wants to pay lower rates or even a lot of Democrats that support that. It's all about the deductions and all about uh, these issues about how much money you can put into tax deferred things like 401ks and different people from different parts of the country. It's not always just partisan, as Matt was explaining. If you're in a high tax state, even if you're a Republican, this is of concern to your constituents if you can't deduct that high rate of taxes you pay in that particular state. So this is sort of the opening gambit now. We're finding out what people really are concerned about um, and what members are going to have to trade on the floor and, and in committee as we move toward a markup in early November of this bill to get the votes uh, that they need to get to pass it. Yeah, and importantly here, Ed, I say only half joking, how many lobbyists are there depending on yeah. which deduction we're talking right. about? <laughs> exactly. Kate, I have to tell you, as, an, as a supporter of, of Donald Trump and somebody who believed in his campaign, I don't know anyone that voted for him based on his tax policy. I, you know, his tax policy in the campaign. He didn't offer what up, Ed. He didn't exactly. offer well, no, what, what he said, Yeah, what he said was, and, and this is what I was going to say, is what he said was, let's lower the t- taxes, let's simplify the rates. Remember, this simplify Love, the code. We're all thumbs up and on all that. Thing. Exactly. But here's the thing. What we have now is a process that is going to be the ultimate swamp monster fest. We're going to have every lobby. And there's no way around interest. it. It's called there's legislation. No I mean, like it's, a trap. Like, it's, it's yeah. just in order to unswampify the tax code, you got to get in there and start pulling out the weeds. I don't know if I went the right way with that metaphor, but you see what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. No, exactly. And I think that's and I think that's the problem. And, you know, I I just came back, uh, Kate, from Australia. And in Australia, the one thing people said over and over, they noticed in America, all the power is now with Trump and in the Washington. You know, there's a sense in the world that everything is in D.C. And now thousands of lobbyists are going to go with Ryan and McConnell and Schumer and everybody else and cut deals. It's not something that's going to help the president look like he's different than the last president or the president before. 
Well, and that's the danger, because honestly, there's no way around it. you got to get in there in order to clean this thing out. You're going to deal with lobbies. Drew, we keep hearing from lawmakers that this is everything. Let me correct that. Let me clarify. Republican lawmakers, that this is everything for them in 2018. Get this done or it's going to be a bloodbath. If that's the case, I just started thinking about this. What is the incentive for a single Democrat? To get on board, if that if they think it's 2018 or bust, and uh, with with these ta- with tax reform, why is any Democrat going to get on board? That's a good question, Kate. I don't see the incentives for Democrats because there's really nothing here that's broadly appealing to voters. There's no activated base except for a donor base that cares about these tax cuts. I don't think any Democrats, including the 10 senators running for re-election in states that Trump won, are hearing from their constituents that it's vitally important to lower corporate rates. I think where senators will hear from their constituents is don't take away the deductibility for state and local taxes. That's my biggest deduction. Um, And don't even think about touching uh, our retirement account contributions. Those are two areas where Republicans have looked for offsets. And I'll tell you this, the view of Democrats is if Republicans enact provisions like that in tax reform, they can kiss the House goodbye. I agree with that. I think if they pass something that does those things, then they'll lose. If they pass nothing, they have a chance. I, I really do. I think if they do that, you're exactly right. Republicans will lose everything. I heard it from my wife. She said, wait, what is wait, going wait, on wait, with wait, wait. I want to make sure I heard you right. Ed, do you think there's yeah. a be- if they pass, if they, you think if they pass nothing, they have a better chance than if they pass something? I do. Really? hundred percent. hundred percent. Because they should have passed uh, repeal and replace. But if they, I'm telling you, if they pass the 401k, average Joe six-pack is going to look up and say, you're kidding me. That's the same game they played on me over and over. The game is rigged, and Trump will pay a price. I, I mean, agree with that. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I think that ordinary voter, you're, the Republicans will dodge a bullet that they fired at themselves if this yeah. doesn't pass. Same with repeal and replace. This doesn't help ordinary voters. If anything, it might hurt them a bit. Well, and here's, Even here's though average thing, Joe six pack probably won't won't get hurt by a four hundred one k cut, if it's just true. marginal, it's what it, it's what it does, and then there's what it looks like. Well, and here's the thing: all of this stuff is super boring to discuss in public. <laughs> I mean, but it is super important, and that's why the timeline is important. I keep hearing, I keep, I'm starting to hear grumbling, Bruce, that the timeline, the deadline, whatever you want to call it, is slipping. They wanted it by Thanksgiving. They really need it by the end of the year. Some are saying that it could slip into next year. If this gets into spring, and this is an even year, which means an election year, is that going to be easier? No, it's not going to be easier. You want to be on your front foot talking about things that are easy for voters to understand how it's good for them uh, the closer you get to an election. And if you're talking about something that's incredibly confusing about the nuances of tax reform and how you're going to pay it and amortizing deductions and stuff that half of us have trouble I just fell asleep. Explaining. Whenever you say amortize, <laughs> yeah. I like literally exactly. fell That's my point. That's my point. It, it, you know, you're into some stuff you don't want to be talking about. You want to talk about simple things. Um, so they, they do need to move this along, or I do agree with Ed. They, they need to move off of it and go to something that voters will understand more readily and easily why it, why it makes sense for them. So, Matt, on this, uh, on this bit of what's the president's role in all of this? That I am cr- critically curious. No, I'm totally screwing this up. I am very interested to see what, what his role in this is. Because with health care, it was he's involved. You know, we don't really need him involved. And now Mitch McConnell is basically saying, tell us what you'll sign and then we'll pass some health care and send it to you. Where is Trump with tax reform? 
I mean, I think that's the question is that he hasn't articulated. There was not like a, a primary driving message in the campaign, you know, other than maybe to lower tax rates for the middle class. You, you know, I mean, he did not get into the policy details. You right. saw him earlier this week tweeting about the 401k deduction, sort of going off from where Republican congressional leadership was going on on that issue. So he's he's kind of moving things in a di- different direction. And you heard that a little bit with Paul Ryan's joke uh, about, uh, you know, <laughs> well, he'll be an agent next week, so he won't be able to weigh in, w- which I think they breathe uh, a sigh of relief on because that gives them a little bit of space to try and figure out what they want to do. Um, but he can easily derail uh, the discussions with, with a single tweet. So, I, I mean, I think it's a it's a very dicey scenario. And, and you also get into the area where if they don't do tax reform and you're a year in, yeah. what are they going to run on next year? I mean, I'm telling you, that joke was hilarious because it is so true. <laughs> you, you are kidding yourself if you are not nervous about a tweet that could be coming at you in this tax debate. It's the last person he talks to. It's the last person that's in his office. And it goes on the Twitter feed. Great. To, stand by, guys. we got, we got we got much more to come. What does Julian Assange have to do with the 2016 election? Well, it appears even more than we thought just yesterday. WikiLeaks is amazing. The stuff that's coming out, it shows she's a real liar. This WikiLeaks stuff is unbelievable. It tells you the inner heart. You got to read it. WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. Okay, so he's a fan. Just yesterday, it was all about Hillary Clinton and the Democrats bankrolling the Trump dossier. Today, it's then-candidate Trump's data team looking for help from none other than WikiLeaks. Where's this all heading now? Back to the panel. Back to 2016 is where this is all heading, because that's where we're all stuck. Matt, start us off here. What do you make of this? What do you make of what's coming out about WikiLeaks and the in Cambridge Analytica today? I think this this firms up some of the uh, sort of connection between Julian Assange at, at WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign. Cambridge Analytica was was paid by the Trump campaign. Uh, Jared Kushner is is talked about them as being a very influential part of the campaign, mm-hmm. using the data to, to try and target specific voters. So the fact that they were in touch or at least trying to seek information from Julian Assange is, is something that's a little bit new in, in terms of looking for uh, these emails from Hillary Clinton. It also comes at a time period when we know about previous meetings that, that Donald Trump Jr. was, was having uh, you know, with officials related to the Russian government. So how this ties into Russia yet is, is a little bit unclear, but it's, it's certainly a little bit of a different avenue than we had been uh, talking about before. And Ed, I mean, Democrats say this is a clear connection to Russia. Russian, Russia handed stolen emails to WikiLeaks and a company working for the Trump campaign is now asking for help from WikiLeaks. I and mean, what do you think yeah. this changes? Well, look, I, I think what it proves, both campaigns, you know, the, the Clinton campaign and the Trump campaign were massive campaigns with lots of vendors. I was on with Paul Begal on CNN last night. He was saying, you know, a campaign has these law firms that are agents of the campaign. They went to the Russians or to the British spies who were seeking from the Russians. These guys, Cambridge Analytica, went to the to WikiLeaks. I think what you have is now campaigns are international like they never were before for your viewers. And what it proves is the campaign was wild about getting information, both of them. 
The question is, there's an FBI investigation about influencing the election, and nobody's shown that there was influence that changed the election. They clearly were trying to do different things. So I guess we have to get to the bottom of it. But I, it looks to me like Cambridge Analytica was a, a, a data company that came into the campaign in June, was getting paid a lot of money and trying to prove their worth. I think they probably did this contact. But again, I'm not sure it's illegal. It may seem untoward, but it's uh, big league campaigning at that level. I think that's what's going on. Drew, I mean, I've had Trump folks telling me today the dossier is worse than this. Make, how do you make the case that's not the case? Well, I think um, hiring private investigators uh, to investigate people's backgrounds is more common than people realize. I worked in corporate America. It's done frequently even to evaluate a potential CEO hire, to evaluate merger partners. So the fact that uh, some campaign operatives hired a professional rather than send some 25-year-olds over to Russia to try and do (laughs) research, not only is it alarming to me, it's commendable. I've advised operatives to do similar things, including specifically hiring professional private investigative agencies, because I don't think staffers really know how to do these kinds of investigations. I don't think that's a problem. I think where there is a difference between the the Trump campaign's behavior and the Clinton campaign's behavior is that the Trump campaign sought emails that it knew were stolen. Stealing those emails is illegal. I'm not saying the Trump campaign stole them, but they were looking for stolen emails. That's not what... Uh, whoever it is who hired uh, Christopher Steele was doing. They were looking for a conventional investigation, which means mainly questioning contacts in the, in the relevant country. Bruce, at the end of the day, we are talking about one person who is a failed presidential candidate and another who is the president. Is that an important distinction when we talk about this? I think it's a lot like tax reform, Kate. I think it's <laughs> when it comes to voters... Is, is this something that's simple and easy to understand or is it confusing? And I think it's confusing on one level. You know, it's, it's, there's all this intrigue, but the, the intrigue actually simplifies it a little bit. You have two political campaigns that had been people working for them that went out and talked to some shady characters to try to see if they could dig up dirt on the other side. And frankly, it's exactly the kind of thing that frustrates most voters about the state of American politics today. And it's why they picked the outsider Donald Trump and not the consummate insider Hillary Clinton in this last election is stuff exactly like that. Matt, what does this change about the actual Russia investigation? Nothing, right? I don't think so. I mean, it may be indicate a path that Mueller uh, may choose to go down if he's not already, uh, but it does kind of heighten the importance of that investigation. It, you sort of see some of the congressional investigations sort of stalling or, or yeah. sort of in, in sort of partisan battles. So uh, you do get the sense that everybody's sort of waiting on what uh, Bob Mueller, uh, the special counsel, will turn up and and where that might lead. And this may be a path that he follows. Can I ask, I'm going to change just directions for one second, because there is a, speaking of some folks that are trying to impact an election, let's talk about the establishment versus the non-establishment for 2018. It's Steve Bannon's war on the establishment, Ed, taking on incumbents with primary challenges. But now he has a new opponent, allies of Mitch McConnell. And they say they're now going to fight back. This is the Senate Leadership Fund, a super PAC linked to Mitch McConnell, and they're going after him, basically saying he's a racist, he's a white supremacist, and any primary challenger that links himself to Bannon is going to have to answer to Bannon. What do you make of this? Right. 
Well, look, I mean, first of all, I, the civil war in the Republican Party is over. It was fought in the primary, and the one side was the sort of Jeb Bush wing, and the other was Trump on issues. I'm talking about on international trade, on immigration, on the size and scope of government kind of thing. So that, that's over. Now Bannon is kind of clearing up the dead on the, on the battlefield. And I, I frankly, Oof. you know, F uh, Senator Flake said yesterday, he said, I can't win a primary in the Republican Party because of my positions. Then he went on to say Trump also. But that's what Bannon is saying. And look, McConnell's people have to defend every incumbent because that's the guys they're with every day and working on it. But the voters are not looking up and saying, oh, good, we want the guys that are tied to McConnell who did seven years of repeal and replace, seven years of we'll do better in there, then got in and can't get anything done. I think Bannon is winning. The question is going to be whether the candidates win with him. Well, we'll see. Br Drew, I know you love both of these men. Real quick, <laughs> are you with McConnell more or Bannon more on this? I'm much more sympathetic to McConnell, and I'll be more sympathetic still if Roy Moore beats Luther Strange and we get a Roy Moore clone replacing Jeff Flake and a Roy Moore clone replacing Bob Corker. Then you have a couple <laughs> of senators who are ill, unfortunately. But you could find poor leader McConnell still with a majority, but of completely irascible senators. That is a statement of the day. Can't be a Democrat saying, poor leader McConnell. That's when you know you got <laughs> trouble. Great to see you guys. Thanks so much. This is day 280 Thank of you. President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.